Welcome into another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Uh, it is officially the NFL offseason, so the Jaguars are right back in the running for the Super Bowl. Man, it, it feels weird. Finally, to say the offseason. We're, we're <laughs> rounding into combine. We're yeah. rounding into mock draft season. We talked about a little bit about that last week. It's finally here and ready to turn the page on a disappointing uh, chapter in this franchise's history. You go from eight and three to nine and eight, missing the playoffs. Right. A lot of work to be done. A lot of work to be done. So, a couple of podcast episodes ago, I made a promise that we'd go through a whole off season in an episode, and then we started kind of churning through it and saying, "Look." It, We'd like to add a little bit more context and mm -hmm. detail to this. So instead of sitting there and giving you maybe a movie of a podcast episode that's like two <laughs> hours long, uh, we, we're opting to, to kind of break it up over the course of the next few episodes of the podcast. So we're going to start with the episode today where we, we kind of nail on some guys that are staying and some guys that are leaving. Mm -hmm. uh, we've both come up with our lists. We have not compared notes on this. Um, so we'll see just what direction this thing goes and weaves. I'm, I'm sure there are going to be a couple of disagreements and maybe even a few uh, surprises along the way in this thing because uh, we, we definitely don't necessarily look at the roster building the same way but you know, neither one of us look at it like trend bulky because we're not sure what he's doing <laughs> half the time either so we'll, we'll see how this goes yeah, josh allen he was off the board yeah so josh, we, we had we, the... nobody gets brownie points for picking <laughs> josh allen I, we are both in agreement yeah. that if josh allen is not a jaguar next season then you just fire the entire front office. Just, just uh, maybe, maybe that's part of me speaking. But if, <laughs> if somehow, some way, Josh is not on the team, like if they just don't franchise tag him and let him walk, Trent Baalke should be ushered out of the building as Jaguars fans cheer and throw popcorn at. Yeah, really? Ring, what, what they do in Game of Thrones? Shame. <laughs> Ring the bell. Shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Josh Allen was kind of the guy that was off the board in this uh yeah. in this exercise here we both think josh allen will be back be it on the franchise tag or a long-term deal we think we both lean towards franchise tag um not but, that we think that's the right way to go right, yeah that, we, that's just what i think we, we're we're resigned on at this point is going to happen yeah i think so i think it's going to be a longer negotiation yes. even though it shouldn't be that way and then i think we'll probably end up having something happen like what happened with Evan Ingram Maybe. last year, yeah. um, where you can't get that that market value contract, got to buy some more time with that franchise tag. I do think Josh and I think Jamal's in agreement. He's going to be back here, number 41. Yeah, 41's got to be back. All right, so let's start with – we're, we're going to separate this into, into two different segments almost, uh, staying and leaving. Mm -hmm. So which one do you want to start with? You want to start with the, the leavings or the stays first? Uh, let's uh, – four who were – going to remain here so okay. we've got more of those guys so okay um, this exercise will be four players who are either free agents or big money guys who may be bubble guys or in a sense may not be on the the train towards coming back so we're going to give you four of those who okay. we think will be back under this scenario and then move on we're going to give you two who may be surprising who won't be back for 2024 the jacks all right you want to go through your full list first and then we'll talk about it and then yep. i'll give you my four i'll go that? with uh, i'll go with my four first all so, right deal um i'm gonna alphabetize this so nicely uh, done jamal agnew i think he comes back um okay. even though he's been it ended this past season injured um there was maybe a little bit of thought about replacing him uh in terms of right. uh the rookie from uh, from Penn Parker State, Washington, came sure. and uh, and filled in admirably, but he's no Jamal Agnew. Yep. Um, Jamal is a free agent. 
coming into uh, 2024, coming off a three-year, 14 and a quarter million dollar contract. I don't know if he gets that much uh, in this new deal from Jacksonville, but I do think he comes back just specifically for his kick returning. Hey, Devin Hester's a Hall of Famer. We got to give a return man coming back to the Jags. Jamal Agnew back for me. Uh, guard Ezra Cleveland. Before you move, Pat, uh, okay. the one caveat with Jamal Agnew, remember he's going to be coming off of a pretty major injury, right. that lower leg fracture or break. Um, that was really late in the season. So I, I do like that one. Just wanted to throw that caveat in there. And generally, guys that have those late season injuries, they tend to land back right. on their previous, previous club team. because he's going to probably end up missing a lot of training camp, right. if not a, a large chunk of the season. So uh, a good one there. I just yeah, wanted to throw that you in look there. At, I mean, to Jamal's point, you look at a guy like DeJuan Smoot, Same whose thing. market yep. was very, very much ascending mm -hmm. before that game against the Jets uh, a couple years ago when he – ruptured his Achilles and of course probably not full strength back this past year uh for the Jags but I think Jamal Agnew will be like that remember he's he's ended two years right on injured reserve so you right. got to get some more of that consistency uh he was three year 14 and a quarter uh his last contract I don't think it's that high just because you're getting long in the tooth uh you're going to be on the wrong side of 30 once his contract wraps up so but I've got Jamal Agnew coming back on a reduced salary just to basically be a kick guy okay. mentor for Parker Washington uh next one Guy they traded for at the deadline last year, Ezra Cleveland. Sure. Um, he is a guy that I think uh, provides some depth. The, the deal with Ezra coming back, he's going to get a rich contract because this is his second contract. He can't just coming off his rookie deal. He's going to get paid by somebody. You got to hope that Jacksonville can bring him back, reinforce that inner part of that line. Mm -hmm. um, there could be some movement on the other two guard positions, but I like Ezra Cleveland. Um, his second contract, I think he grows with the Jags. I think he will be back. The guy I mentioned, Dewan Smoot, I think he's back again. And unfortunate for Dewan, you know, he ruptured his Achilles. Yes. He was trending towards probably being out of Jacksonville. Um, entering last season uh, due to free agency, but he had that ruptured Achilles, kind of reset his market, uh, didn't get those big money deals, came back to Jacksonville late in the uh, free agency period, signed with the Jags, um, made $3.5 million last year. But Dewan's a guy, I mean, maybe a hometown discount. He's got a school here now. Yeah. Uh, he and his wife started a school in Jacksonville. Um, you'll hear some more about that uh, this week on newsforjacks.com. Uh, but I think Dewan Smoot will be back. Maybe he's kind of a guy that's a little bit out there, a little bit more something to prove. Uh, his 2023 wasn't as good as Dewan can be. I think coming back, he may have been 75% of his full strength from the year before. So I think Dewan uh, is coming back. And, and a guy that I, it would be a surprise to me if he's not back, but Darius Williams. The reason I mentioned Darius Williams as being a guy that could be considered a bubble kind of guy is, for one, his contract. Okay, yeah, he, he Darius, was their, Darius was their best corner, um, but he's making $10.5 million. Right. The flip side of that is why a lot of people have thought Darius may be a, a cut candidate is he's only got $500,000 in dead money. 500000 that's that's a, that's like nickel change to Shad Khan in the NFL salary structure. So the contract was structured for them to be, to be able, able to, to move to on get out. from him. And this is the this year. Point. This is the year yes. they can get out. I don't know if Jacksonville should do that. I mean, yeah, it's a saving is of basically $10 million. Right. But – he was your best corner last right. year. He was a stabilizing force. Now, a lot of people uh, mock draft season upon us, mm -hmm. expecting Jacksonville to target a cornerback early in round one. That could be, you know, the, the translation if they draft a corner at 17. Well, that, and maybe you move on from Darius. I don't know, but I think he's back in the Serenity. Well, part of that also is because, regardless, let's just say you stand pat. Darius is, has one year left on his contract. So does Tyson. Right. So you have no starting corner that is under contract past next season. 
at this current moment in time. Right. And that's not diving into the fact that Trey Herndon, who's been your starting nickel for a couple of years, is a, is a free agent. Um, Gregory Jr. has not been able to solidify a role on the team over yep. his two seasons in the NFL right now, so how confident are you with him? Buster Brown's going to be going into year three. Right. So it, no, you'd have no contract for a cornerback with extensive starting experience that is considered long-term right. left. Um, so that that that's part of the reason why so many people are looking at the, the corner need, not just, yeah, look, they need a corner to play nickel, or not just they want to move on from Darius in two years. Right now, they just haven't done anything, right. even if we say they're going to keep Tyson. So uh, it, it's definitely interesting. Uh, we got some overlap there okay. um, for, for our two lists. Um, so I do like your list. Uh, I think you, you definitely hit on a few, um, but I do have – Two on mine that right. you don't have. Okay. So so we, we kind of split there. So uh, I'll go for the two that we overlapped okay. first. Um, so you mentioned Darius Williams. I have Darius Williams okay. on my list. Uh, I think Darius has to stay in Jacksonville at right. this point. Um, and for good reason. Look, Darius played uh, some really good football for the Jaguars last season. Uh, he, Darius has been their most consistent cornerback mm -hmm. for the past couple of years. He does a lot of good things. He's a very veteran player. There's a change in scheme. And the Jaguars aren't at a point in the build where they can really afford to just create holes where there aren't. And I know that a lot of people are, are suggesting that hmm, maybe they'll draft a corner in the first round. Well, then you need three good corners in the NFL right. these days. And so you say, all right, first round corner, rookie, which generally when you start talking about positions that are tough to translate in the NFL that sometimes take time, normally corner is one of those positions right. that doesn't just hit the ground running. Like Sauce Gardner is is the exception right. to the rule, far from the rule. And we saw with Tyson Campbell. Saw with Tyson Campbell. It, a lot of times, rookie corners take a minute right. to adjust. Veteran receivers are able to take advantage of them while they're early on in the process. Mm -hmm. So I think keeping Darius, even if you use an early pick on a corner, putting that guy in the slot while you have Darius and Tyson on the outside, and then you make the decision on Tyson and Darius right. in the offseason with this young corner right. in play, you kind of know what you have at this point. Um, so I, I think Darius is a keeper. All right. The other one that we had overlap on is Ezra Cleveland. Okay. I think the Jaguars have a huge need at interior offensive line. Got to get better there. There's no exception. And part of that means making sure that you don't cre you create more depth. They, you got In order to get better, you have to at least have a yeah. baseline. Right. So you can't just let guys walk out of the building. Ezra got hurt. Almost, I mean, very early in he his time He came to Jacksonville where he was banged up. He was banged up when he came here. He got hurt again. I mean, he played left tackle, and I don't know if you – if you did you see this, uh, the mic'd up <laughs> moment where he was talking to Miles Garrett after the Browns game yes. where he played left tackle, and he was like, how'd I do? This my yeah, first game. And, and Miles was like, you actually did really well. So uh, Ezra can play. And in order – I really don't think it's going to cost them – a huge rich contract to keep him mm -hmm. just because he was a guy who had lost his starting job in Minnesota, ended up here in Jacksonville, kind of actually had a rough go of it with the rest of the Jags. I, and considering it only took them what a sixth round pick to get him. Yeah. It doesn't sound like to me, the NFL is going to be chomping at the bit and like lining up at Ezra Cleveland's door as soon as free agency opens. So maybe a one, two year deal say, Hey, rehab your, your appearance, show everybody what you can do. And then you get that yeah. expensive big money deal on the other side of it. Kind of a, a short-term right. prove-it kind of deal for him. So I like Ezra Cleveland. Now, here's where we split. Oh, no. Here we go. Here's where we split for my two that we need to keep. 
I'm going to go with the easy one first. Uh, that's in the same vein as Ezra Cleveland, uh, Brandon Sheriff. Oh, wow. Um, look, I, I, I know Brandon Sheriff has got a little bit of a bad rap, and he is expensive, and He's you can expensive. save a little bit money. Um, he, he could be a post-June 1st cut and save a ton of money. Along with that means you can bring him to training camp, and if he doesn't win his job, you cut him, move on. Now, that doesn't help you in free agency. Um, so, look, I, I think in order to improve the interior of the offensive line, you have to create depth. And in order to create depth, you have to have talent. In order to have talent, you, part of that means you have to have competition. Mm -hmm. Bringing back Ezra and Brandon means that every – and I, I tell them flat out, there's no starters. Like, you you started last year, Brandon, love you to death, whatever. I know you were playing through injuries. Cool, great, fine, dandy. You're going to have to earn this job, buddy. Um, that, right. Look, that that's just how I'd roll. And they have to create competition to really get the best out of guys. Mm -hmm. So I would bring Brandon Sheriff back. Um, I would look heavily for replacements at left and right guard throughout free agency. I would bring in, uh, which we'll get into later, I would bring in some depth there, some some lower-tier starters that you can get, and I would look in the draft. Mm -hmm. If there's a guard that, you can, that can be had, bring them in. But they have to create competition, something that yeah. they really haven't had at many offensive line positions for years right. now. I, I mean, mean if you had uh, Cooper Hodges last year, you'd hoped he'd kind of – push that pile in a sense that uh competitiveness and, and i like Coop. i like him too Tuck and they, they liked him too i mean you, you have a seventh round pick mm -hmm. you could have stuck him on ir you held that hope that he could get to that point but uh he was not able to come back but yep. yeah a, a guy like cooper hodges who they are fully invested in i mean how often do you keep a seventh round guard on your active roster if you didn't have faith that at some point he could be kind of pushing for a starting position so I mean, a, a Cooper Hodges guy got stashed last year, and he's going to come back, and he's going to be in that mix with Ezra yep. Cleveland and Brandon Sheriff, too. I mean, you can be able to learn from uh, those guys. So you've got you've to bolster up, too. All right. So my last All guy, right. my last guy, this is the exact same vein. In order for the Jaguars to get better, you have to create competition. They have to add talent. They got to keep Calvin Ridley. Okay. They have got to find a way to keep Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville. I know we talk a lot about uh, them needing a big body receiver, and that's great. But Calvin Ridley, without a doubt, brings something to this wide receiver core that they are missing. And you, they still would need that large body wide receiver, but you got to keep Calvin Ridley. Having Calvin, having Christian, having this new rookie, whoever it may be, or a free agent, unless you're going out. And, and even if you're going out and getting, let's say, swing for the fences and Ooh. go get T. Higgins. Yeah. Like, or, if you want to see what Trevor's about, and at some point you have to see what Trevor's about. Like, they're going to pay this dude. Whether it's this offseason, we'll have to wait and see. But you want to put as much talent around him as possible. So far in his career, and in, col in college, Trevor excelled with throwing to big body guys who were ball winners. Right. T. Higgins? T. Higgins Justin was Ross. one of them. Justin Ross was yeah. another one. The, the, I mean, the Clemson receiver list is, is large guys that could yes. go up and get it. Since he's been here in Jacksonville, the guys that could go up and get it, who are they? Marvin Jones? Evan Ingram? <laughs> I mean, he's I mean, not and, had. And he's not even considered tall for a tight end. Yeah, he, he's he's not had. I mean, so, Ingram, to me, is almost a, a hybrid receiver kind of like i mean but he's not that six four guy like a t higgins so if you even if you went and said i'm gonna spend the bank and go get t higgins all right so now you got t and christian kirk how great do you feel about that you feel okay feel okay you feel okay t christian and zay you feel okay but would you feel better if i said 
Now you got T. Higgins, Christian Kirk, and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I mean, there's I, already sunk sure. costs on this thing. Like, one way or another, you're on the hook for a third-round pick. Mm -hmm. You're on the hook for this third-round pick. If you sign him before free agent, before the new league year or before free agency, it becomes a, a second-round pick. There's already sunk costs right. on this thing. But if you surround Trevor Lawrence with Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and either T. Higgins or a rookie big-body receiver, and you might still have Zay Jones in the fold, and Evan Ingram's already there, and Travis Etienne, if Trevor don't go out and have an MVP-type <laughs> season, at that point you say, look, this dude ain't it, right. and you move on with life. That You take all the questions out of the equation. It's like what the, the 49ers have done. I mean, Brock Purdy walked into a perfect situation, but he walked into a spot where he's got like four all-pros at <laughs> skill positions around right. him. Has Trevor Lawrence had one? Like, give Ross Madison. Uh, Ross Madison. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? So, like, I, I would, I want to put as much talent around your quarterback while he's still on a rookie right. deal, technically, as humanly possible. And to me, despite maybe some of the conversations that we've had about if Calvin Ridley was maybe what we hoped or lived up to expectations, and there were some drop passes along the way and some things that were left to be desired, I think he'd tell you he didn't have the yeah. season that he hoped for. He told us he wanted to have 1,400 yards. He didn't, but he did crack 1,000 yards, and he was very good at what he did. The combination of him and Christian Kirk gives you two really good receivers. They need a third really good receiver. Zay Jones was banged up last year. They didn't have that. You go get that at some point. You go get that, and maybe you can keep Zay because he's not that expensive, and getting rid of him doesn't save you a ton of money. But we'll also talk about that possibly in our uh, <laughs> leaving segment in a minute. But I, I would keep Calvin Ridley, and I would still go get an A.D. Mitchell or uh, Brian Thomas or uh, you know whoever this big-body receiver is that they fall in love with in the draft and then feel better good about going into the season and say all right Trevor you got Evan Ingram you got Christian Kirk who's been a thousand yard receiver you've got Calvin Ridley who had a thousand yards last year and now you've got this rookie six three six four guy that you can throw yeah. some jump balls up to go make it work buddy like all of a sudden I feel better as opposed to if I'm saying look Trevor we're gonna send you back out there with Christian Zay and a rookie yeah yeah absolutely you got you gotta have an alpha and this goes back to when we first started doing these podcasts. What have we always talked about, Jacksonville missing? Had to get a An guy. An alpha yes. dog receiver. We thought Calvin could possibly be that. Wasn't that in his, his year back from uh, suspension, so he wasn't that guy. Sure. And maybe Calvin's never going to be that guy. But as Calvin said during the last media availability of the season, he wished that he and Trevor had more time to get on the same page together. Okay, you've had a year with him. He, I mean, Calvin – from his own mouth said he didn't feel like he had the rapport with Trevor sure. as a Zay, as an Evan, as a Christian Kirk. And again, who could blame him? He was there for a year less time with those guys. So it's understandable why Calvin did not have that uh, that cohesion yet with Trevor. Yes. But you're getting there. You're getting there. So, um, you know, to, to Jamal's point, do you get there by going forward with Calvin and saying, hey, this guy's a known entity. Um, he's approaching 30, but yeah, he's back in the system for another year. He's going to be a little bit better. Trent Baalke loves the guy. No, I'm not saying um, break the bank either. No, I, I, don't, I don't think you're, you're – I don't know if there's going to be a break the bank contract out there for him. No, I don't think so. I, I think had he um, you know, performed a little better this year, been 1,400 yards, but he, he had the drops, he had some inconsistent performances, and how much of that is due to – um, you know, just the game kind of leaving you or mm -hmm. just knocking the rust off. So I think Calvin, maybe even on a, 
on a prove it kind of contract. That's to me Makes perfect sense. scenario. If I could get if I could get Calvin Ridley back on like a one year prove it deal kind of deal. I mean, so that way it's say, all right, look, I know you want this big contract. I know you've been waiting for it. Can you do one more season? Go and show us that you can be the guy that that yep. demands that sort of contract or show another team, whatever it is, that would be perfect. Like and Evan. All of I mean, look what Evan did. He rehabbed his whole career coming first and, round pick, falling out of favor in right. New York. Uh, he comes here and, I mean, life-changing money, great, great two years in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm franchise leader for tight end in single season receptions yep. and yardage. So he has completely rehabbed his career and parlayed that one year prove it deal into life changing contract money. And I think Calvin could probably a candidate doing the same thing. You just got to take advantage of the situation. I, and I think all of my stays come down to the same thing of that in order for the Jaguars to get to the level of competition that we want them to or that they want to and that every team strives. They need more elite guys. They need more blue-chip players. And they're not at the point of the process where they can let just good players, every good player, walk out of the mm -hmm. door just because maybe it wasn't perfect at the moment. Like Brandon Sheriff, regardless of how the last couple of seasons have looked with injuries and, and question marks, he is a huge leader in the locker room, and he is still one of your right. better interior players. Yep. So while, yes, you need to get better production out of that spot, and part of that is letting go of guys, they're not at a point where they can say, all right, Brandon, get out the door because we know we can replace you. They don't know they can replace him. Yeah. Same thing with Darius, same thing with Calvin, same thing with Ezra. So that's why those are my four staying is, look, in order to get there, they need elite players. They need mm -hmm. more blue chip prospects. Blue chips are players without glaring holes. In order, in order to get there, at some point, you got to keep your good players yeah. too until you can – draft some of those blue chip guys yeah. and see them in the process and it'd be i'd feel different if cooper hodges was healthy all of last season and it even played on special teams and had been in the weight room i might feel a little bit different about or, if you, or if you had drafted an osiris torrance or something like that right. last year where you a had a guy different conversation and you had a guy who you built you drafted you um you know groomed to be that replacement for brandon sheriff yes. um if you had done that but you know your your best guard possibility is cooper hodges coming off a, a lost season so you don't have that behind brandon where you could kind of like an anton kind of situation where jawan's gone anton's in there okay you let him go through the fire there's no no guy like that behind Brandon Sheriff. And Brandon Sheriff, he, I mean, he's not a turnstile back there. He's still a, a very serviceable guard yep. in the NFL. Um, his contract makes him probably unmovable at this point in terms of uh, cutting a release or anything like that because I don't think you really get better with, A, what you have on the roster, B, what you're going to get in free agency. I think there are different positions that you're going to go after in free agency. So I think with Brandon, I mean, you already mentioned kind of sunk costs at this point with uh, with what you got. I mean, that's a situation where I think you're just going to have to let it ride and let Brandon kind of play out this next year, and you know what you're going to get with him. Look, it, it kind of is what it is. We'll see just what how that shakes out. We're in agreement, and I did have Jamal Agnew down as an honorable mention, so okay. I really like the Agnew one. Um, I, we're on the same complete page with Ezra Cleveland and Darius Williams. I think uh, we were a little split on Calvin Ridley and Brandon Sheriff, but I think overall it's all about creating competition. Now, that's why some of these cuts were a little bit more difficult because the Jaguars do have to, at least for me, because the Jaguars have to free up some salary cap room. They, ha they have to make room for improvement. Mm -hmm. So in order to free up some of that salary cap means moving on from some guys, and there are going to be some tough conversations and tough cuts and tough restructurings that have to go on as they move through. Um, so uh, if you want to go with your list, okay. for it, we have two guys here, right? So two guys, Okay. Um, and I do have a couple 
honorable mentions or dishonorable mentions. Dishonorable mentions, <laughs> okay. Um, two of these guys, and you brought up um, him earlier on in the in the podcast. Trey Herndon, I think, is a candidate to uh, to be moved on from. Uh, yep. So he's free agent. Made two and a half million last year. He's been serviceable. I mean, Trent Baalke has has raved about Trey Herndon. Um, I just think with the possibility of drafting a corner high, um, you have depth in terms of you got Buster Brown, got Gregory Jr. Do you kind of stick uh, with the pattern with them? They're going into year three. Um, could they possibly be that replacement in nickel for a Trey Herndon? Um, Antonio Johnson played extremely well. Um, can he make that switch from big box safety to uh, a nickel guy? Probably not, but you've got tantalizing options in the room already. You're probably going to do something in free agency. So I do think Trey Herndon, for me in this exercise, he's a guy that moves on. And then another one, I don't think it's as big of a surprise, but Tim Jones, he's made the roster last couple years as a yeah. uh, fifth receiver. Um, I just think with uh, he'll probably cost about a million a year in terms of uh, the veteran minimum to bring him back. You've got guys on the roster this past year. Um, it's kind of a throwaway position in a sense. Um, Elijah Cooks is, is there. Yep. Um, but I just don't think that fifth receiver has gotten a lot of traction. And for the last two years, it's been Tim Jones. He's had good preseasons both years uh, and hung on and fought and battled and made a team. He's had uh, special teams plays and stuff he's yes. been good on. But just to me, kind of a kind of just a guy. And I think you've already got guys on this roster or upcoming in the draft that will be able to replace a Tim Jones. And my dishonorable guys, um, and I don't think this is a surprise, uh, but uh, Caleb on Chase on. It's funny, I was at a restaurant last night, and they were replaying a little bit of the uh, LSU National Championship game right. Joe Burrow. And uh, they had Caleb on in there, and he was kissing the trophy. And I just said, man, it didn't. Did not work out that it way in not. Jacksonville for Kayla on coming here as a number 20 pick in the draft. So he's not going to be back, and he just mentioned him because he's a first-round uh, first round pick. And the other guy, honorable mention guy, I thought uh, Rayshon Jenkins could be kind of a cap casualty, move on from him. Um, $7 million in dead cap money. So um, he's a top-five paid safety in the league, and I just don't know if that money's there. He's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, but I do think Rayshon will be back. All right. You uh... – you went with some jabs, and I came. I came in with like haymakers, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I did have. Rayshon's my guy. I okay, do, I do understand that he is an option to not be back with the team. Yeah, if they get rid of him, uh, pre June first, seven in dead cap, but they save five, mm -hmm. five point four. But if you do a post June first cut on him, uh, you save nine point one. So, um, so there, there are some possibilities there. Definitely worthy of the discussion. The only reason I, um, here, here's the thing with him. Um, I think part of getting to the next level is you need gritty kind of, uh, kind of guys, you know, mm -hmm. uh, ones that, 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 uh, that got, got a little fight in them. And I don't think there's a whole lot of guys on that defense that have that. I think he's one of the few that I, I'm like, all right, that guy He's got what you need. Okay. He flies around, throws his head in there. I, I, so, uh, But I do understand where it's coming from, and I really like Antonio Johnson and basically moving on from him mm -hmm. and saying, Antonio, you're a starter. So um, he was at least on, on mine on the bubble. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mentioned you went with some jabs, <laughs> and I'm, I'm coming with haymakers. Oh, All right, man. so let's start. I'll start with – so I got a couple and a couple, couple honorable mentions. So um, we'll start with the light one. Ooh. The light one is uh, – I'm I'm moving on from Brandon McManus. Oh, okay. McManus is out the door. He's a free agent anyway. 
Um, he started the year on the money, and Oof. then uh, then when it Faltered. when it got bad, it got bad. And I, look, Doug Peterson is a certain kind of coach. So I've learned uh, when you go to Doug's press conferences, Doug is going to take ownership of everything, and he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. So when Doug threw the kicker under the bus like twice down the stretch, like, man, we got to make that kick. Like, that just kind of like was like a, just a glimpse of just how frustrated he was in those moments of dealing with whatever was going mm -hmm. on with McManus. I think Brandon's gone. They've already brought back Riley Patterson. So they're like, all right, well, we got one kicker. I, I'm expecting a rookie kicker next year, more than likely. Yeah. Um, no problem. I don't, I don't think there's any issue with McManus. I mean, Brandon McManus, about nine games through the season, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's too Brandon bad the McManus, doesn't end there. Yeah, Brandon McManus, mm -hmm. the last eight games, awful. Yes. Awful. It was terrible. It was terrible. All right, my next one is also a starter oh, from last year. All right. Uh, Foley Fatukasi. I looked at him as well. He's I gone. At Foley. Foley got to go. So when we talk he, about that that free agent class from a couple years ago, man, they're, they they brought in the building blocks of guys. Mm -hmm. One of the guys they brought along was Foley Fatukasi, and they talked about how you know he was a run stopper in New York, and they thought he had maybe some pass rush juice. The pass rush, there's no juice. That that <laughs> that orange has been squeezed. There ain't nothing there. Um, and he, he's been hurt. The boy, he is a very nice human, upstanding guy, great locker room citizen, a person like a personality and a person you want on a team, but I don't want him on the field. Like I, he's wow. just been hurt all year, all yeah. his two years here. Like I'm at the point where I don't even know, like, I, I don't even know if I know what Foley Fatukasi can do when he's healthy, because I feel like. He was hurt the first season he was in Jacksonville, and then he came back, and he almost immediately got hurt yep. again. So I just don't even know what to expect from him. Uh, moving on from Foley doesn't save you a whole bunch of money. Uh, Pre-June 1st saves you 3.5, but that gives you 9 million in dead mm -hmm. money. Post-June 1st saves you 7.9. So if you make him a post-June 1st cut, it could save you a little bit more money on Foley. But that's more of a, at some point, you got to admit you were wrong. Yeah. And... Uh, they were wrong. That uh, that so, free agent, I mean, that was probably the worst signing of that free agency class, without a doubt. And I looked at Foley in this scenario too, but the dead money kind of scared me. Um, his contract is up after this season. Um, I would not be surprised to see him get moved, just because again, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's just not been that guy. Um, I look at when I look at run stuffers. I look when the Jags made a deadline deal for Marcel Darius mm -hmm. um, from the Bills in their 2017 playoff season and just how good that move but I mean he he's not he's not a Marcel Darius he's not that big body on the line who's just a, a Hulk who can get in there and set the it's, it's just right. not he hasn't turned out that way and keep in mind that the defense is changing in Nielsen's defense the roles are slightly different they they are have made a commitment to Roy Robertson Harris who's going to be here you made a commitment to Devon Hamilton yep. and you're hoping that he's going to get healthy and be here and they still need a someone who gives them some interior pass rush juice yep because the three of those guys don't give you a ton right. in that department so at some point you have to 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 improve by by admitting your mistakes like it's okay to say look we thought this guy had a little bit more juice to squeeze, and then we got here and realized it was just a dry. It was hey, just CJ Henderson. I mean, you give up on a, a number they, nine pick in the draft. That's it. 
four games into his second season. Yes. I mean, that was you're again your sunk cost. Mm-hmm. And admit your mistake, move on. And I know people get pissed about Jaguars draft picks and bad free agency signings, but once you got them in house, mm-hmm. they're yours. They're, they're your problems to deal with. That's and, right. You know, CJ was the guy they they cleaned up for that mess. Uh, his second season in the league, and and Fox Gossi just hasn't worked out. Um, being that guy that they need on that line. So, absolutely, I could see that happening. All right, one last surprise. I'm not putting him down on my list, but I'm just saying that it's a name to throw out there, maybe an honorable mention or a surprise. Um, Because I I went with more guys that were under contract in free agency. Like, there's no conversation you could give me for Trey Herndon to be brought back. Mm -hmm. I'm just not hearing it. Um, he, the the change in scheme did it in for him. Like it's just not. It's not mm-hmm. to me. It's not realistic. Same thing for Caleb Vaughn. It's just it's time for, to go somewhere else to start afresh. Last guy. <laughs> this this one's gonna get. Uh, and this is oh, an, this is another one of my guys that I really like on this team. But All right, give me give me a hint. Let me try and guess. Uh, he plays on offense. Trevor Lawrence. No 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 no. Uh, no. Tank Bigsby or no. Zay Jones. Oh, Zay. Zay Jones. I kind of mentioned it a second ago. I said I might talk about him in a minute. Uh, Look, Zay is going into the last year of his contract with the Jags. Uh, He had some injury problems last year that definitely hampered him. And part of the process of figuring out how to improve this offense is upgrading positions. Christian Kirk has cemented himself as probably your most consistent and best wide receiver. And he has paid as such. So he should produce that way. Um if they're going to keep Calvin Ridley while also going out and getting this big X body receiver, I'd expect that at some point Zay is paid as a starter. Mm-hmm. And that would make him at best probably your fourth receiver. I mean, pretty much enough said. Yeah. I mean, unless they wait and get a receiver or planning to get a receiver later on in the draft, and then, then we're kind of going through spinning the wheels again of, all right, well, you're taking a flyer on a guy in the fourth, fifth right. round that really doesn't help you of this need for this large body type at receiver mm-hmm. that they miss right now. And part of that also is, look, at some point there are only so many reps that are going to go around because all of these guys are high-volume players that you want on the field. Yep. Um, and we're also sprinkling in the fact that you're going to throw in some two tight end, three tight end formations. So you're switching things out, different running backs, different looks. Great. But if you got four receivers, Trevor really never is going to get that big body guy out there. Right. Um, so look right now, and this is a hard one because I feel like Zay is Trevor's most trusted receiver right now. Yeah, The outlet. He's, he, he's that guy. I mean, th- think about all the jump balls that you've yeah. seen thrown. Trevor throws a jump ball to Zay Jones in the end zone all the time. The yeah. highlights from the past couple of years, yeah. go up and get it. It's Zay Jones yeah. in the end zone. And that's just the way it's been. So uh, this is an interesting conversation because Zay has been fantastic for the Jaguars uh, since he's been here. But we're getting to that point of uh, roster construction. What do you think? And I think it's a possibility that it could be out there. They could also restructure Zay and extend him to keep him here for a couple more years. There, Those are the two options that are kind of on the table for me. Uh, or they'd let him play out the, the last year of his contract and be done with it. But I, I just am throwing it out there. It's one that I wouldn't be necessarily yeah, surprised that's if an, it popped up. That's another one I looked at. And, you know, without knowing rookies or free agents and stuff, who they're going to bring in, who they're targeting, who they're eyeing. I mean, it's T. Higgins. I, I, I mean, T. Higgins would be amazing in Jacksonville. T's not hitting the street. But – they for one jags don't spend like that free agency no. even if t was to get the free agent he's the top of the absolute 
wide receiver market. I mean, Mike Evans, yeah, is there, but Mike is on the wrong side of 30. Um, T is still kind of hitting that plateau. So I think T is going to be the very top of the receiver market. In, in that situation, you've got how much money invested in your receiving core. Too I mean, much. You've got Calvin, let's say he's on a one-year, $15 million prove-it deal. Uh, Christian is one of the highest paid in the league. Mm -hmm. Zay is three years at $24 million. Uh, yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense to yeah. do that. So you're probably looking at running it back with those three receivers and then whatever receiver you get in the draft. Hopefully it's not like last year's draft when you desperately needed a pass rusher and waited until day three to take your first one and you see our Abdullah. So I do think you, if you're Jacksonville, you've got a target of receiver free agency, target one early in the draft, and uh, give Trevor those weapons that Jamal's talking about. So here's and, – and we, we so we started mapping out some of the podcasts, and we're going to get into some of this stuff later on in roster build because there are some interesting scenarios. But I think right now I'd say between the first two days of the draft, um, without going crazy in depth, the Jaguars have to walk away with a wide receiver at least one interior offensive lineman yes. and a corner. Um, I'd love an interior defensive lineman in there as well, but there's only so many picks to go around. It, right it, it reminds so. me of when they completely redid their defense with Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma. I mean, you went defense heavy, and you can't. Mike Caldwell did nothing with those guys, right. basically. So I do think if you're Jacksonville, pick it on the defense you're going to just invest heavy in and bolster it, or you're going to invest heavy in that offensive line and receiver. you got to commit like the Jags did that draft a couple years ago and say, hey, we're going to re completely reset, reface our defense, give it some nasty streaks. They did that in the draft. Obviously, Chad Muma hasn't extremely panned out well. Um, Trayvon and Devin are still the arrows ticking up on both those guys, but Jaguars have got to just home run in this draft. Pick a side of the ball and just just uh, reinforce it. And look, that's the hard part is we talk about these needs where you got to hit these positions and they, the Jags have these needs, but then we say, but they also got to hit home runs and they need these blue chip prospects. In order to get these blue chip prospects and these home runs, you kind of got to go best player available and see what's mm -hmm. there. Like uh, the one thing that I saw earlier, so there was a mock draft that came out today from I think it was Pro Football Focuses. And they had the Jaguars taking Jackson Powers Johnson, center from Oregon, who I think uh, everybody has basically agreed mm -hmm. is the top center on the board. Right. I think he would be fantastic here in Jacksonville. The thing that caught my attention was that the pick after the Jaguars was Brock Bowers. Ooh. Yeah, you see where I'm going Man, with this. Like, I, I'm uh, not saying that Brock makes sense for the roster construction. What I'm saying is if everyone is in agreement, and, and it seems like people have been in agreement, and sometimes tight ends slide a little bit just because of the nature of the beast in the position, and the Jaguars do already have Evan Ingram. I would but love they, to see Brock Powers. Jackson. But they also have Doug Peterson who loves him a good two tight end set. You got and, Brain Strange. And, and imagine, <laughs> but imagine, Evan Ingram – yeah, and Brock Bowers on the same field exactly. at the That's same time. Amazing, yeah. The I've seen some mock drafts, and Brock Bowers was still available in those. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to me, to your point about best player available, I, I think that's it. So. And that's the thing is, like, if you go best player available there, then obviously you're not going to hit one of these position of needs. But all of a sudden, now you're sitting there with a blue chip prospect that now you're adding to your list of players, and you're like, well, this isn't a problem anymore. Uh, look, I'm not saying that Brock Bowers is maybe the guy that they end up landing. I'm just saying that a combination of Brock Bowers and Evan Ingram wouldn't be bad in Jacksonville. I think Trevor <laughs> Lawrence would like that. I do I'm too. just saying. Um, all right, so we'll dive more into some of these scenarios. I mean, because, look, 
that this is a really good draft. There are some really good players, mm -hmm. and the Jaguars should have a chance to get one of them. Um, so we'll dive more into that as we get closer to the draft, right around the corners of the Scout and Combine. Uh, we've got some really good stuff uh, scheduled for you guys, so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, if you got any questions or stuff, hit us up on social media, um, and we'll be happy. Maybe we'll even do a whole episode around one of your questions. Uh, but, hey, thanks for hanging out with us here on the News for Jags podcast, and we'll see you next time.